Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today, we're going to give you six easily avoided career killing mistakes. I have to say, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pleased with myself for that, that uh, top copy. That was pretty good. It says what it is. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? That's right. Does it seem like everything is harder right now? Well, correct these easy to remedy common mistakes in real estate and unlock your momentum. There are deals everywhere, but you have to be more disciplined, more skilled, and more savvy to find them. Now that the market has finally shifted largely away from FOMO, for those of you who don't know, that is fear of missing out. So what are the top six mistakes? And we're not going to tell you just the mistakes, but also how to fix them ASAP. So each one of these mistakes has a little mini action plan for you. And Ready we're probably, yeah, no, well, let's get started, but we're probably going to come up with more than six. I just scanned your points. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bonus points, warning. Okay, so top six and more. Number one, playing the waiting game. We hear this far too often on coaching calls, and I see it posted on social media. Playing the waiting game. Well, waiting, yes. Th- this applies, I'm sorry, okay. this applies not just to you, dear listener, but also if you hear these waiting game words out of your perspective, buyers. Uh, you know, you also should apply the same coaching when you're deciding whether you want to work with that person. If they're waiting for the sky to fall, waiting for prices to drop, waiting, waiting, waiting. In other words, the, the, uh, you know, their version of what should happen into the future. Procrastinating. Exactly. Yeah. They're not real. They're not real buyers. And if you're playing the waiting game, well, guess what? You might be setting yourself up to fail. That's right. And it does come in many flavors, waiting for the market to crash, waiting for interest rates to come down, waiting for inventory. Waiting doesn't get transactions into your pipeline, nor does it help your clients and prospects achieve their goals, to your exact point. You must uh, take control of your day, your week, your month, your quarter, and your year to defeat the waiting game. You can say this at least 10 times. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. The other affirmation I like is, I'm a doer, I do things, now I get things done. You know, Good luck fun- procrastinating on that. It's funny how frequently uh, people will quote, um, yeah, we'll quote that. So you might want to say both of those again. I know. Well, I use them all the time. So the first one is showing that you own your success or lack thereof. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. That gets you out of the waiting game. The other one is, I'm a doer, I do things now, I get things done. Those are great, short, memorable affirmations. So what are the action steps to get out of playing the waiting game? Well, accept the fact that there are zero indicators that the market's going to crash. Zero. Don't you think we would tell you about it? We talk to you every day. While there are some price ranges in some markets, uh, I'm sorry, some price changes in some markets, this year is set to close within 5 to 9% increase in home values. And some markets are already on track to be more like 9 to 10%. Low inventory, stable demand, lots of new construction and rising prices are not indicators of a housing crash. If any of this changes, we will let you know. Now, it's very, this is such a hot button topic. I know. Uh, Though I have to say the YouTube uh, doomsdayers are starting to fade. They're settling a little bit. They're settling a little bit because they're realizing really how wrong they were. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is really extraordinarily interesting from a marketing perspective. When I look at, if someone puts, even if Julie and I, we don't do this, but if we were to put up a clickbaity article about how the sky is falling, how home values are going to crash and all these other things, uh, you guys are going to watch the 
you know, the hooey out of that thing. You're going to click the snot out of that because for some, there's something inside all of us that want to have, the, you know, the, I don't know what it is. They, people want to have the skyfall. And, and the I, drama radar somehow. And from coaching for decades and having literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, I think I know the reason. So if you find yourself being attracted to doomsday things, if you find yourself, you know, believing or starting to you know, allow yourself to be seduced into believing that tomorrow won't be better than today, what you're really doing is a very elaborate form of being lazy. And I'm going to explain to you why. So if you don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, what does that mean you're not going to do today, right? If you believe that, for example, the world's going to come to an end at the end of this year, what are you not going to do be, be doing uh, you know, today? I know you're probably not going to be working that hard. You're sure as hell not going to be going on, you know, you're not going to the gym probably, I'm guessing. Nope. You're not going to be saving money. You're not going to be doing all the things that you need to do in order to make your tomorrow better than today, you see? So if you believe the sky is going to fall, if you believe the, the home values are going to crash, if you believe all these negative, nasty things, uh, and how do you know if you believe those things? Look to see what you're consuming. If I were to look at your, you know, your YouTube feed, as I was just talking about, or any of these other social things, and give you and look at all your suggested things that it's suggesting for you, does the algorithm think that you like, you know, you you like to doom scroll? If it thinks that, it's because you do. So a good suggestion for a lot of you would be to, to Julie's point, if it's meant to be up to me, it's up to me realize what you're feeding yourself and realize why you're doing it. You're doing it so that you won't have to make yourself uncomfortable today. You're not, you're trying to look for a reason why, and it's kind of a subconscious game, right? It's confirmation bias. You're looking yeah. for a reason to back up your thought that why should I bother because the world's going to end. You know, I normally would go to that for sale by owner and, you know, make myself uncomfortable and uh, have to learn a script and pre-qualify all the rest of it and face rejection and all that. But you know what? I don't believe, why should I bother? I mean, you know, the world's coming to an end in 12 houses months. Houses are harder to sell now because rates are high. So, exactly. All that for know. sale. You guys get it? You see how... One, you know, you guys can tell, call it mindset, and it is, but really what you're seeing is how one thought compounds and compounds and compounds, and the next thing you know, you've lost a year. Then you've lost five years. Then you've yeah. lost a decade. Then you basically are looking back, realizing that that past decade was one of the best decades ever in real estate, and you were sitting on the sidelines waiting for the sky to fall. Don't let that happen to you. Some of you are still licking your wounds from the real estate crash that happened over 15 years ago. <laughs> Cut that out, please. So the waiting game, other things you might be waiting for. Interest rates, yes, they will eventually get lower. They've already gotten a bit lower. But are they likely to go to 55 or even 65 Probably not for the near future. That doesn't mean people aren't transacting. There literally are millions of homes transacting this year. Stop wishing for the old market and embrace the new market. It is normalizing. If you're thinking that rates are going to crash and the buyers you're potentially talking to are totally fine with the payment they've been pre-qualified for, well, then you might be part of the problem. Well, exactly. So you're married to the rate. You know, you're the one that's got the 3% in your head. Because it was easier for you. Go back to Julie's first point, okay? She was talking about the fact that, and you guys could Google this yourself, right? We, we're nerds and we pay attention to stuff like you can't believe. But the inflation rate is, right now, it's going to be at least 5% overall, okay? 5%, 6%. That means the cost of Things in general, consumer products are going to go up by five or six percent per year. That's the reason that now they're starting to say there's not going to be a, a, a cut to the Fed rate in, in the first quarter, though they are predicting there'll still be two additional Fed uh, rate cuts this year. The inflation is not going away. Julie and I have been telling you that for three or four years. It is going to um, obviously be at this simmering rate, and then you're going to start seeing the government is going to start saying, well, guess what? 
the new, you know, our new target rate is no longer 2%. It's now going to be 4 or 5% or 6%. That's what's going to have to happen because it's going to be 4 or 5 or 6%. Why am I telling you this? Because if the buyer has to agree to pay an interest rate that they don't like, you have to do a little bit of what we call math for that buyer. If they're wanting to buy a $400,000 house and let's say, you know, real estate increases in your particular market by another 6 or 7% per year, if you do the math, that $400,000 house, look at the principal payments at, let's say they have to borrow money at six or six and a half or even 7%. Oh gosh. Oh no. I mean, our first mortgage when we got married was uh, 7%. And we were happy about it. <laughs> Thrilled. People <laughs> congratulated us. I know. All right. So the moral of the story is, is the interest they'll pay on the loan will be less than most likely the amount of increased value or appreciation or equity that house will have uh, basically built. So they will be saving more money, you know, through essentially the appreciation of that home, or really the inflation of that home, and, and an amount that's going to be greater than the interest rate, the interest that they'll have paid on that loan for the last 12 months. You guys have to do the math you know, correctly for your particular market, but you need to think like that because that's the reality. And if you're looking for a buyer to say, well, I'm looking for rates to fall, I'm looking for um, you know, uh, prices home prices fall. to fall, you're going to have to then explain to them, well, if it's 12 months from now and the home that you that you bought today for 400 is now going to be, say, 425 or 430 uh, and the interest rate and, you know, your payment on your rent, if they're renting, is now going to be, it's going to increase. Obviously, rents are going to, they're, they're going to go up with inflation. What would, you, what position will you be happier have, you know, what decision will you be happier of having made now in 12 months being in a house where you build equity, where, you know, essentially the market's now working for you, opposed to you watching more of your money get sucked away through, um, you know, rental Well, uh, expense. paying rent is 100% interest. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, basically. You know, you're, you're literally digging your hole deeper. You guys get it? This is where you have to develop the skills to know how to basically work with your consumers so that you help them move past the procrastination because guess what they're doing? They're watching all the, do they're doom scrolling too. They're reading all the bad news too. And you're going to have to help them remove them, remove their fear and have them start focusing on, you know, the future, just like I was in that little script I just gave you guys. Because a lot of times they're going to be very grateful for you having helped them to clear their minds from all this, you know, the doom scrolling that they've been addicted to. And I'm going to give you guys a little mindset point along those lines. If you do take this seriously, which all of you should, and you're now realizing that you're you're awash with, you know, really depressing news. It's just something that you've gotten in the habit of, uh, you know, consuming and all your friends and family do the same thing. I have a challenge for you. I want you to, and this will be difficult for many of you, I want you to purge yourself or purge all forms of media from your life except this podcast <laughs> for for like a day and then go to a week, then go to two weeks, then go to a month. No more reading the news. No more reading to, you know, doom scrolling type podcasts or videos. Just completely purge it from your life. And you're going to go through the same stages of withdrawal like as if you were getting off caffeine. You know, that's what's going to happen. It happens to all of us because your brain has gotten addicted to having that constant little dopamine hit from the latest little bit of gossipy, you know, clickbaity headline, and it is ruining your potential. It just is. And, you know, we have a little 10-year-old girl, Zoe, and, you know, we took, we, she's off all of her screens, no iPad, no iPhone, no nothing. We, we are allowing her to use it for, I think I had the timer set for like a half hour a day. And when she got home from school, but Julie and I, after like three or four days, started noticing a change in her behavior. 
even though on YouTube she wasn't really watching the, you know, we watched what she was watching. She wasn't using it on her own. We noticed a change in her behavior from, I don't really just, even, I mean, I think some of it's just attention span. It Well, it's attention span, but it's also because she wasn't interacting with us. Yes, that's she was. Right. She was kind of putting herself in this little screens world, even though zoning she wasn't. Out. Exactly. Zoning out. And so look, that's a, a sort of a mindset point for all of you. If you don't like the way you feel, if you don't like the way you're thinking about your potential or the future, absolutely positively start with doing a, you know, a media purge. We call it media-free morning, and then you migrate to being having a media-free life. You will feel amazing because here's the thing. Nature abhors a vacuum. So when you remove the media and you remove the negativity from your life, you will literally start feeling more present, more alive and more grateful. That's what will happen. Your All those feelings of negativity, which you've awashed yourself with, will be moving out slowly, painfully in some cases, and then you're going to start feeling like you're going to start connecting with this person that maybe you haven't been for a long period of time. I challenge you to test yourself and take that 24-hour challenge and move it on to a week, two weeks, and a month. And that was bonus point one and a half, dear <laughs> listeners, because the original point was stop waiting but you did a great job, you know, showing them some examples of the procrastination and some other things that get in your way. And certainly media is one of them. So other bad habit, number two, expecting your buyers to send you what they want to look at versus you finding the right homes for them yourself. This is one of my biggest pet peeves amongst uh, agents today, because there's all these buyers floating around there that are they're pre-approved, they're all cash, they're loan committed, and they're not in contract because you haven't found them anything. By the way, all of our show notes today are down below. So just scroll below in the show description. I know a lot of you guys use our notes for uh, coaching or you know your staff and certainly doing, um, if you're an office manager or a broker, you can use our content for that as well. And just follow along. So scroll down below to get all of our notes. And while you're there, definitely consider joining Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step for all of you. We always have, I mean, very consistently between 100 and 200 of you join Premier Coaching every single month. Um, it is, the feedback we get on Premier Coaching is extraordinary. That's the reason we're so passionate about all of you, um, you know, clicking down below to join Premier Coaching or just go to premiercoaching.com. You can join Premier Coaching and have full 30-day access for free. And yes, that does include a free uh, daily semi-private coaching call with one of our Harris Certified Coaches. So scroll down below, click the link, or just go to premiercoaching.com. It takes, I've timed it, like 11 seconds to join Premier Coaching, and you'll have instant access, and you'll be part of the community that, frankly, is very light on media and very optimistic about the future. If that's how you want to be feeling and thinking and acting and behaving and getting the benefits of that, then I strongly encourage you to join our Premier Coaching community. So if you are committing the sin of expecting your buyers to send you what they want, because let's be honest, what usually happens is a buyer will come into your life, they're an open house or a referral, however they show up, and you do a little bit of light pre-qualification, what are you looking for, price range, whatever, you put them in your drip system in the MLS, and you wait for them to say, I saw this one, can we get into it tomorrow? Instead, get and use the buyer presentation, which drills down on specifically what your buyer clients desire, what is a deal maker? What's a deal killer? Are both people on the same page if you're working with a couple? Can you handle objections like, I want to wait for rates to come down or prices to come down or both? Get some help with that. And second action step, once you know what they need, that they're motivated and qualified, it is your job to find them the right home. Think out of the box. Refer to our podcast series about how to find inventory. Consider changing the type of property, the price range. Sometimes even going down market will find you something different than what you've been looking for. 
expanding your geographic search or looking at new construction. So we're about to go to the next point, which all of you guys are going to hear about, which is leads. But if you have a buyer, uh, a CRM, and you have a lot of buyer leads, here's going to be your homework after you've decided to be media free. All the time you are wasting basically doom scrolling, here's what I want you to do. Get on the phone, call all your buyers that are in your CRM that you've been dripping on, use our buyer pre-qualification script, and pull off those low-hanging apples uh, because that's the only way you're actually going to get them to work with you. Stop being all geeked up just because the heat map on your CRM is telling you that they're reading your posts and watching your videos. Call them, pre-qualify them, make that lead into an actual transaction. Set appointments, let's say two or three days out in the future, so that you now have to go find something to show, right? Yeah, and yeah, remember, use our pre-qual script because we also want you to, and depending on the price point, if that, if that buyer's looking in, say, a move-up price range, whatever that is in your marketplace, chances are they're going to have a house to sell. Mm -hmm. So don't treat buyers. Assume a buyer is a seller until they prove otherwise. Very well said. That is another big, that's uh, mistake number two and a half. Okay. Number three, not having enough leads in the first place. If you're struggling with lead generation, it's time to get some help before it's too late. Now more than ever, it is critical that you generate more leads than you think you need to, to do the business that you do need to do. So action steps. If you are struggling with lead generation firsts, of course, sign up for Premier Coaching so our Harris Certified Coaches can help you. They're going to ask you specific questions like, where did your past five transactions come from? Was it luck and hopium? Or did you connect with those clients through a proven system or strategy that maybe you've gotten away from? Another question might be, how many leads do you have in your pipeline? And you, you may have a lead conversion issue versus a lead generation issue. This is a big black hole that we talk about a lot. You might be calling something leads that are actually just contacts. Let's, we should interject here, Julie. It is very, again, this sounds doomy and gloomy, and frankly it is for some of you who are not going to be listening to what I'm about to tell you, but there is a new guideline in place. We've done podcasts on this yes. that somewhere in mid-2024, there's going to basically buying buyer leads from all these different portals and these lead resellers. It's going to become you know dubious at best. Well, this is an FCC ruling. This is not speculation. Yes. So there's a new guideline that's in place and that's going to make it so that I want you guys to think about this. Have you ever felt, okay, I'll give you an example. I'll use Julie as an example. <laughs> All right. So she years ago uh, was trying to get a roof estimate uh, for one of our rental properties in a market where we didn't have a lot of contacts. So she did a little Googling. She filled out a form online. Um, this was actually, I think, in North Carolina or maybe Texas. I don't remember. And uh, that was a lead generate, a, you know, essentially a company that was essentially just generating leads. And then they sold those leads to like a billion different roofers. Not only just roofers, but they sold them to other lead generation companies where, that were then selling uh, that lead to a roofing company. So I want you to think about the insanity of all that. To this day, we still get mm -hmm. um, you know communicate illegal communication from roofers in whatever state it was asking if we need to have that roof fixed on. And hell, by now, it's probably been like 14 years ago, probably needs another new roof. Right. And all I did was, similar to what you guys have seen on the buyer side especially, I filled out something saying I wanted a free online roof estimate based on the square footage of the house and what I knew about the shingles, the age, and all the rest. That is it. And in order to get my free estimate, I had to enter my email address and my phone number. So what's going to happen? So just to you know, not move past that point so fast, that lead that was Julie Harris was then sold to probably up to 100 different roofing companies. And I bet you 
at least 25 of those were, guess what? They themselves were lead generation companies who then sold that lead to another 100 different roofing companies and, and so on and so on and so mm -hmm. on. So if you wonder why your buyer leads are no bueno, I just told you. It's because most of them really aren't even leads. They're just names that you're willing to pay money for, hoping and praying that they actually might work out into a transaction for you. Now, and if they are a lead, they're not your proprietary lead either. Not even close. So here's what's happening in the future. So consumers got sick of all of that. It's kind of, you know, bait and switchy. So what they did is they're now going to all these lead forms. When you go to a website, Julie's now going to the roofing lead, uh, lead website. She's putting in all this, answering all the same questions. And then she's going to be asked a question. From this pull-down menu, which of these roofing companies do you want me to share your information with? She then has to, like, and let's say there's 20 that show up, she has to give her explicit permission for that roofing company that's, you know, one, two, and three on that list to contact her only about replacing the roof, right? That's what she, she and do you think consumers are going to be doing that? So all these lead generation companies that are selling you guys leads, their ability to essentially uh, generate leads is going to go in the, you know, it's going to be a dumpster fire for them, but it's really going to be a dumpster fire for all of you who've only been buying buyer leads your entire careers. Trust me, this is coming. I know that hardly anybody other than Julie and I are talking about it. We've talked about it on the podcast three or four times. I might not have all the legal um, complexity correct, but the bottom line is learn how to generate your own buyer leads. And the best way to generate buyer leads is by learning to be a listing agent. All of the things that we have been preparing you guys for since Julie and I started this podcast years and years ago are all, all the chickens are coming home to roost and it's all happening really unfortunately in the next 12 months or less. So get your game on, especially if you're working on the buyer side of the business. The gravy days are, they're over. That's true. And so the one answer to nearly all questions that you struggle with <laughs> is simply this, be the listing agent. Be the listing agent. Absolutely. Uh, be the listing agent. And if you're not going to be the listing agent, maybe you only want to work with buyers and I respect that, right? Uh, make sure you know how to generate your own buyer leads because now I think we've decoded why a lot of these buyer leads are absolute garbage. Oh, so those of you who are still going to be buying leads from these buyer lead aggregator companies, these lead sellers, what they're going to be doing is because it's going to, they're going to be generating so many fewer leads, those leads when they are sending them to you are going to be ridiculously expensive. You think 43% or 40% referral fees are a lot. What these lead companies are going to start doing is they're going to start charging at least 50%. So you're going to be working with a buyer and let's say the commission's 10 grand, you're going to have to pay 50%, five grand to the buyer lead, uh, you know, the, the referral source. Then you're going to have to, let's assume that you bought that lead direct. You didn't go through your broker. They're not charging an additional referral fee or your team or whatever. And then you're going to have to pay your broker split. Then you're going to have to pay your, you know, your personal overhead. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then there's taxes. Many of you on a $10,000 commission, when you're buying buyer leads in the new paradigm are probably going to be earning less than $2,000, maybe 1800 bucks. Um, that's going to go in your pocket after all your expenses and all the fees. You do not have to suffer like that. And that's if the listing is paying a normal side of commission. You know, some of the builders have gone to flat fees, so it could be even worse than that. You guys, don't wait for what Julie and I are telling you is going to happen to happen, because then it's going to be too late. Learn the skills necessary so that you're prepared for the market. And when these changes are coming, you're going to be like, ah, I got it. No problem. Next. What well, else you got, market? <laughs> that's the common response from our coaching clients. I know because I called them after a lot of this stuff started bubbling up. Okay, so number four, mistake or whatever point we're actually on. Um, spending too much time chasing down your prospects 
to set the next appointment. And again, especially on the buyer side, but here's the action steps to resolve spending too much time chasing down your prospects. After a showing appointment where your buyer is not writing an offer, always set the next appointment before they leave the one that you're just ending. Set it for a couple of days out so you have time to find the next homes to show. Drill down further to find out what they liked or disliked about what you just showed them. It's just not for me. That doesn't help you find what they like. You've got to ask more questions. In Premier Coaching, guys, it, the, working with buyers is a whole system. And I, I, I truly, I enjoyed working with some buyers personally. Sure, of course. Uh, but the thing that with we have, a, it's called a, a three times out script, mm -hmm. you know, where you're going to explain to the buyer that, you know, Mr. Buyer, 99% of all the buyers I work with are able to purchase a house in three trips or less. And most times I'm only showing them two or three houses on each trip. And you might be surprised to hear that I would say 50 to 60% of all those buyers buy one of the first three or four houses that I show them. And I'm going to explain to you why. I spent a lot of time pre-qualifying you. Well, don't say it like that. But I asked you a lot of questions about what you were looking for. I spent a lot of time looking at the market. I previewed some of these houses. So the properties I'm going to show you, I think you'll agree, are very much in alignment with what you said you were looking for. Now, I will say, I'm going to throw maybe one or two ringers in. So you said you're looking for a three-bedroom Cape Cod up to 800000 Well, I've you know, maybe found something else that's maybe a modern that's a three-bedroom that, that you might like as well. But that's what our job is. And then now here's what's going to happen, listeners. You're going to explain to them, that's the process. What have I done? I've set them up the expectation that you're going to take them out three times, only show them two or three houses each time. Here's a little tail end of that script. So don't be surprised if the first house I show you is the one that checks all the box, the one that you've been looking for, because I've spent a lot of time choosing the ones to show you. Now, with that said, Mr. Buyer, remember, bring your checkbook, be ready to write a deposit, because you walk into a house that you like, chances are there are five or 10 buyers that walked in before you did and ten or five or 10 buyers that walk in after you did. So it's really urgent. And there's a no whispering rule. This is a, if, you know, it, if they talk to themselves or if they're talking to each other, if there's Bonus two of them, script. no whispering. So when you're walking through a house, I want you to tell me what you think. I need to hear what you guys are saying. And in, again, if you walk into the first house I show you and that's the one for you, you've got to tell me so we can write an offer on that property. And don't be surprised. So I give you first I give you permission to love the first home I show you because generally speaking, um, you know, I would say, you know, 10 or 15% of all the buyers I work with do love the first home I show them. And if you love the first home you show that I show you, but you want to see the other ones, and after I've showed you the two or three other houses and you want to write an offer on that first one, don't wait until we meet, you know, two days from now. You got to tell me today so again we can write an offer on that property. Because there's a lot of folks looking for exactly what you're looking for. Well, what you're thinking about tonight, someone else thought about last night and is making a decision on today. Exactly. So the, and then we have another thing called the floor model script and all the rest of it. So if you're finding yourself working with buyers until the cows come home, uh, the reality of it is, is because you did not set the expectations and take a professional approach to help them, uh, you know, give them permission how to behave. They don't want to work with you all every Saturday and Sunday. Well, some of them do. Let's be honest. Some buyers, they're just social buyers. Most of them actually want to work the with you. The serious ones. Most of them actually want to work with you because guess what? They want to buy a house. Yes. And the longer you take to help them find a house, the less likely, the more homes you show to a buyer, the less likely they're going to buy a house from you. Because what's going to happen is they're going to get frustrated with the fact that you haven't found them a house, even if, the, you know, because you haven't. Get, you haven't worked with them professionally to explain to them the process. You just keep on setting up showings after showings after showings after showings. 
and they're going to fire you and they're going to go buy from somebody that's been a coaching client of ours and they're going to buy the first house that uh, that they see. This is all part of our buyer agent. Uh, really, it's a buyer mastery. agent boot camp, buyer agent mastery. It's in Premier Coaching. Very well said. And there's even more than that. We just get excited about well, this because the buyers, this is something that, you know, the buyers deserve that kind of care, especially the ones that are super serious. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. The best thing about working with buyers is generally speaking, it's faster paychecks. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Assuming that you're motivated enough to find it for yeah. them and that you're setting those appointments. Okay. And, and the right buyers is, is really fun to work with. They are, but the, I have to say, and I, I do see this as a very common issue amongst coaching clients and listeners and people posting is the fact that the best buyers, and by best buyers, what we mean is they're highly qualified, they're loan committed, they're all cash, they have to make some decisions. You know, they're looking, unfortunately, sometimes more than the agents are. And those are the, those are the very buyers you have to be more careful with, more professional with, do the presentation. They will sign up with you when you have shown your value, and they're ready to rumble. When buyers ghost agents in this market, it's almost always because they've given up on that agent, they're going to go find it on their own, they're going to go to new construction, they're going to go to new to open houses, or they've hooked up with another agent that's being more proactive. That's 100%. And, you know, you guys can prevent that. All right, so mistake number, uh, what are we on, 5.7 or something, okay? <laughs> Not knowing about new construction. With more than 30% of available homes for sale being new builds, many of which are not in your MLS, you are doing yourself and your buyer clients and prospects a disservice by remaining ignorant about the source. Action steps. You can use newhomesource.com and your own Google search by town or zip code and find out which builders are building in your area. Start your file or a Google sheet where you're tracking the builder or the developer, the price range, the types of homes, the special financing, spec homes, names of sales reps, what's the commission they're paying, et cetera, et cetera. Create your own MLS, I'm sorry, your own basically new construction MLS guide for yourself. You and I could talk literally for hours about new construction. And have on podcasts. We have. Well, yeah, at this point. Yeah, listen to past podcasts. We do a lot of coaching on it. But if there is new construction in your marketplace, it's not going to be in the MLS. And chances are you're going to lose probably 50 to 60% of your buyers to that new construction for all the right reasons. And the biggest one being it's, you know, new. Even buyers that you don't think or you haven't asked them. Or even if they've said they're not interested in new construction. Yeah, they probably haven't seen it. Well, they'll say that. Yeah, you and know. then they're going to wander into it just to see what it's like this weekend, and that's it. Game over. Exactly. You know, it is easy to like new construction on, on many different levels. You, listeners who are agents and brokers, should love it too because your inspection nightmares are over, and, mostly. And to get uh, to be on the contract and to earn a commission on a buyer side through a builder, you just have to register that buyer with that builder. Mm-hmm. And once you have a relationship with the new build reps, you can do that over text, over email. Um, and there are a few you have to be in person, and that's why you have to keep, you know, I mentioned a Google Sheet here. You should say, you know, what is the builder requirement? Is it an online registration? Is it an in-person registration? Can you text them? Do they have a QR code? What is the skinny? Because they're all a little bit different. And then send those buyers over to the build rep, because really the build rep doesn't want you there anyway, for the most part. They just want to be left alone to do their job. Yep. Uh, and then now your buyers are over looking at new construction. They're going to buy something. And when the house is avail- when the house is done, if it's not a spec home, you're going to get paid. I mean, if there's new construction in your marketplace and you're not the new, new construction guru expert, you're losing enormous opportunity. Well, it is 31% of the market. And that, that's been pretty consistent over the past, I'd say, five or six quarters because I do watch that. 
it's probably, I would imagine, going to go up from there. Well, in new construction, most of it's going to be move up price range, which means you're also going to have those new construction buyers are also going to be sellers for you. Yes, all good. All right, mistake number six, ignoring open house opportunities. One of the best things about having low inventory is how well open houses work at generating both listing opportunities as well as tons of buyer prospects. If you're not doing open houses regularly, you are literally leaving money on the table for you and you're not helping enough people. So action steps, host open houses following our proven system that you get in coaching every weekend until you have at least three closable buyers and or seller clients. Get them in contract, then lather, rinse, repeat. Turn your open houses into a predictable and proven source of business. Yeah. Look, guys, this is just skimming the surface of all the things you get in Premier Coaching. Yes. You know, when it comes to, well, look, we're in the spring. It's going to be a tremendous year. There's projected to be in a million more home sales. I mean, this, all the wind is that you've ever wanted at your back is at your back. So if yeah. you're, look, you might be in a market where it's a little bit gloomy outside. It doesn't matter. You got to start cracking the whip on yourself and going out there and embracing the market that could be for you, provided, again, you go media-free, provided that you're seeing that there's opportunity everywhere, provided that you're having the, of the mindset, you know, being of service mindset to for all your buyers and sellers, you are in the right place at the right time. You've got to make this your market. Stop waiting. Stop procrastinating. No one's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, Bob, now it's time to work. The yep. fact is, is that, you know, we've been tapping you on the shoulder for <laughs> decades now trying to say, hey, Bob, now it's time to work. And this is, these are the new realities of this market, so make this market your own. Well, you're partway there just because, because you're listening to our podcast, right? You're somewhat motivated. You're, you're trying to get in touch with that inner salesperson that needs to get cracking this year. So I have to say kudos and a shout out to taking that step. But some of you are really adamant podcast listeners, and we appreciate you. But then you go back to whatever you were doing and say, that was a great podcast. We, that's why we give you action steps on the podcast to unlock those gears and to bring your full potential out. And obviously the most uh, important action step for all of you is going to be joining Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step in your real estate career. Just go to premiercoaching.com or scroll down and click the link below. It really is, for many of you, going to be the answer to the question that you've all been searching for. How do I become successful in real estate? We've already decoded all of it for you. Just scroll down below, click the link, and join our Premier Coaching community. In the meantime, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.